I'm Arie Schwartz, along with my co-host today for a very special episode, Rachel Galligan. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. I can't, I, Rachel, you take this one over because this is going to be a fun episode, but, but Rachel, this is your brainchild, so go for it. All right, thank you. Hey, everybody, this is Rachel Galligan, and I am very excited about today because we've got a very unique and special episode. We are joined today with Gwen Lloyd and Monty Apostolos, who are directly related to the only, uh, the wonderful Jewel Lloyd of the Seattle Storm. Um, And we've got these two wonderful uh, women on here today who who really want to talk about a big initiative they're doing. It's called the Women Women Hoop 2 Movement. And it was started by you, Monty. Is that that my understanding? Yes. Well, Gwen and I started it. (laughs) Well, both of you started it, but kind of, of, you know, let us know how did this thing go down and and kind of what is your uh, hope for it? You You know, were you guys just sitting around the table one day talking about this? But uh, you know, we're just trying to figure out where this thing came from. Why don't you go ahead, Monty? Well, you know, the, the whole conversation for the last two years, and especially since Jewel has been in the WNBA, um, <clears throat> there's always this conversation at the cocktail parties about, you know, the WNBA players should be making more money. Uh, they should be pushing for more money. This And it, it, it usually ends at the cocktail parties. What we wanted to do is to move it a little farther and give it a space, and that's what we've done. We want to go, We w- the first thing we sat and talked about, Gwen and I talked about, is what are, we, what are the ultimate objectives? What, what, what will we do if we're trying to move this forward? And one thing that we wanted to be is methodical. We wanted to take a business approach to this, and we wanted to be fair. Uh, and one of the things, we, we sat down and talked about several objectives, the Number one, we wanted to create awareness of the players. That's that's very, very important. Uh, we want to also promote the increase of traffic, bodies in the seats at all the games across the country. And then we need to press the need to the NBA or whatever constituent is responsible for an all-encompassing public relations and marketing campaign for WNBA players. Now, having said that, there are probably some subtopics that we looked at, too. How do we get this going? We felt that it needed to be at a grassroots level. Uh, We felt that whatever initiative we create, it needs to be at the grassroots level, which means there are several constituents we need to tap into, including the parents of players, players themselves, NBA players, and other people who understand that this is a need. And then secondly, um, we felt that the NBA needed to connect their brands and their network and not leave that up to just the agents to do it for the players. These players have a short year, and, and this year is even shorter, but they have a short year, so they lose their fan base. The ultimate thing is that we wanted, we realized that the, the, the WNBA players need to be played, paid more but it's, it's, it's the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken. The bottom line is we need to uh, quantify, if you can, that movement and always have had to because revenue is the big issue. So the, the thing is revenue, tickets bring on revenue. Bodies in the seats bring on visibility. Companies see that, companies want to invest. Uh, owners can quantify their 
their move in uh, paying players more. And we realize that that's a business fact. We're not trying to break the, pl the owners because we understand business. But we feel that there needs to be a movement to get people aware about who the WNBA players are. And the biggest thing has been, if, if it's Le LeBron's, every person who loves LeBron or any other noted NBA player has their own personal relationship with LeBron. They're not only going to know his stats, but they're going to know something about him which is relational. That is the piece that is missing with the WNBA players. The, the season is short. You don't have an aggressive marketing campaign. Listen, when I'm watching the WNBA game during the commercial, they're they're focusing on NBA players. There's something wrong with that picture. <laughs> it should be a focus on the WNBA players, who, yeah. they, who they are, what they're doing. These girls are doing some fantastic things in the community. They are, I mean, Jewel alone, if we just talked about Jewel, we're talking about Jewel has 100 uh, uh, basketball players in South Carolina that she's working in through her camp where she's not just focusing on basketball. She's first focusing on a holistic approach to athletes about academics, what's important, what's beyond basketball, attitudes, finance, how to develop a full and holistic player. These are things that are going on. There are other girls that are doing. Maya Moore, who are do, who's, who's very interested in the social justice system. We have girls, uh, young ladies in the industry that are doing some fantastic things, and we never hear about it. We never hear about it. So the, the WNBA player needs to be humanized. The other thing about it is a mindset of male players. The, the deal is... Ooh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The deal is this. Most male, not all, because the, the, the uh, I believe I read somewhere, whether it was Time Magazine or Sports Illustrated somewhere, where the demographic of males that attend the WNBA games are the baby boomers. Older guys who love seeing dynamic, fundamental basketball and seeing it played to the highest level. Those guys sit there and I've sat by some of them and they love it. Okay. But we need to change the mindset of some males and some of those males who are looking at, oh, they can't dunk. Well, they can't do all they're doing is laying. They're not trying to. They're playing WNBA basketball the way that women play basketball and at some of the most fantastic execution of fundamental basketball with assertiveness and aggressiveness on the, with the type of athleticism is required and way beyond what is required as a player. So if they stop comparing the WNBA with the NBA players, that would be a start. I think that would be a start. So it's a mindset. Instead of a fixed mindset, they need to have a growth mindset and, and, and appreciate the athleticism of these women. And the next, the, because of the marketing piece, we need to really cut a hole into the millennial market. Those are the people who are going to buy tickets a lot. They love trendy things. So this, we're trying to trend and get them to understand that, hey, over here, please, we have some athletes who are just as good, but they're not being paid for it. And the way that they can get paid for it is that butts in the seats. And so we need to really cut a hold into the millennial market 
because they are a big buying market. And we need to have them and we need to have women who are going to support these women. So this grassroots effort that we're putting forth and trying to bring to bear, and we're hoping that it gets some traction, is not to, to ball bash any males. It is not to uh, uh, try to uh, bankrupt any owners. What it is saying is we need people to be aware of who the players are, come into the stadiums, buy tickets, because egg, chicken, chicken, egg, if they're in there, it, it, it provides revenue. Revenue then quantifies and qualifies the increase of salary so that these girls don't have to go overseas to ungodly places. It becomes a choice that they go overseas in order to make a living. That, that's a part of where we are right now. Can wow. I just say that I've never had anybody so plainly, matter of fact, and, and just direct to the point explain <laughs> that. And I, I, I'm honestly, I'm floored because I spent, I've spent years trying to put, and you just laid it down in like seven minutes, nonstop, just perfectly. And I just, I just, I'm clapping for you right now because that was perfect. Oh, you. <laughs> the regulars like us. <laughs> That's why. Gwen, do you feel that that the support of your family really pole vaulted you? Or was this something that you were like, I, I need to be the voice of? Well, I, I you know, have, coming from a large family and uh, we're very family oriented, um, I've always felt, you know, I as I'm traveling and I'm going from city to city and I'm taking Uber and Lyft and my first conversation when I'm riding, I'm, hey, have you heard of the women's team here? What's the name of it? I mean, I've experienced that. And that got an aha moment for me because I felt, I say, every city I've traveled, they don't even know they have a women's team in their own city. And even as large as Seattle, some people, the millennials didn't, oh, I never knew you had a team here. I'm like, are you kidding me? So um, that awareness is very important. Um, we need more moms getting involved and um, getting out there and kicking kicking and letting people, the, the awareness, let them, we have a team here. You have a team in Los Angeles. Now, I didn't have a problem in Vegas. Everybody I talked to, they know the Aces are there. It's very interesting. I was there for about literally a week. And everyone I spoke, oh, they know. The hotels, the people, everyone, I'm basically. I didn't run into that. But other cities, even Chicago, people don't even know Chicago Sky. Um, Oh, Chicago's one of yes. the worst. And yes. they are. They don't even know the Chicago Sky team. So that's just for me. I said, we need, I said, moms, families. Uh, there's enough people out here to uh, to help get awareness. That's our first step. We need to let to know that we are there. Women need to get up and take a stand. And let's let people support these. These girls can't do this by themselves. They're trying to focus on their games. Uh, I'm sure they would love to see more support with people with bodies sitting in that, that those stadiums. That's that that's important to me. Well, that's the first thing they look at when they're coming out with the ball. Yeah. The first thing they're going to do is look around and yes. look at that stadium. That's the first thing that they look at. And I on every game I've gone to, that's 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 what I see. That's the first thing. Uh, that's a big part of, you know, the that whole morale yes. piece, that whole I feel good about what I'm doing, even though they're professionals and they're going to do their job, it would be great to have bodies in the seats and to know that people respect what they're doing as females as much as they do as, as they do with males. And uh, another uh, point on this is 
uh, I, I think it's going to be have to take a re-education for sportscasters. And what I mean by that, I'm specifically talking about network more than anything else. I see on cable, I see on, on internet that it's a whole different flavor. But on network, you could have, for instance, let's take Chicago Sky. Chicago Sky could beat the links. You, you look at it on the news, you, you're hoping to hear them say something about it. They don't. So maybe, uh, I don't know if they're this because they're male producers or an unaware female uh, that are in, that are in, uh, that are uh, driving the, the, what goes on air, but you never hear the sports people prioritize female uh, sports. Never, never, you never hear that. Never. You're always going to hear about what's going on yes. with the males. You never, so it's male dominated. So they need to be reined in as well as it relates to acknowledging what women do and being, and being happy in doing it. Now, I, I talked with someone the other day who said, I work for the, um, uh, the owner of the Chicago Sky, and, and can you believe he had a hard time getting one of the major newspapers to even put a placement in about the Chicago Sky? The owner had problems doing it. So it's a mindset. It's a fixed mindset that needs to be changed. It's going to take some time to do it, but I think uh, one of the biggest things that we do is that, like we're talking about it, like the grassroots efforts, we're going to have to have initiatives that go on. We're going to have to penetrate the millennial market because right now they're the most powerful buying market that we have right now. Um, and they like for things to be trendy. So, I mean, cracking into that market is going to be huge, but we can't just do it grassroots alone. It has to be that out of these millions, I think they have 2.6 billion that they're working with this year. And I, you know, when I read an article, I read somewhere where they were talking about they're trying, the NBA is trying to crack, uh, crack into the casual, casual fan. Well, we are too with the WNBA. We're trying to crack the, the casual fan too. I think they have the devoted, the avid fans. They're trying to crack that market. But so the WNBA needs to also crack that casual fan market as well. So it's just going to take a concerted effort for that to happen. Yeah, and, and I'm someone who, born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a place that in my whole lifetime has never won a championship until right. the Minnesota Lynx did yeah. in 2011. Mm -hmm. And now over seven years, there is only one team in professional sports that has a higher percentage chance of winning the championship at the start of the season, and that's the New England Patriots. Now, <laughs> if you ask me how much time and how much airtime or newspaper time the Lynx get in Minnesota, I'm talking simple, you know, sports radio talk. It's not anywhere near any wow. other team. Absolutely. And when the Athletics started in Minnesota, they didn't even hire a B reporter for the most decorated sports team in Minnesota sports history until the head coach went on a social media campaign and basically publicly shamed them along with, with their fan base into hiring somebody. You're mm -hmm. looking at LA right now who just hired a manager in the athletic in LA. They don't have a beat reporter for the Sparks, what, the last team to win a championship in LA. I mean, there's all these things going on and I'm 100% with you. Nobody's talking about it. Rachel, I know you had a question. Sorry to, sorry to jump in there. No, you're totally fine. I, I wanted to quickly just go back. You know, I, I'm from Chicago, so I've been able to see kind of the evolution of the Chicago sky firsthand. And I will say, um, you know, for, for kind of a, a privately owned 
owned franchise like that, there has been some some positive changes. You know, the first and mm-hmm. the, the major one for me is the change from Allstate Arena to Wintrust Arena, which yeah. was a Amen. huge change. <laughs> a big, a big, a big difference. I've been to several of those games this year, and you have already seen the attendance and just the atmosphere yeah. increase. So there are positives, not just from a, a venue standpoint, um, from a, from a support standpoint, even from from our end of it on the media standpoint. We are seeing people jump in and be more vocal. We're seeing more coverage now. We are. We also live in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> we live in our WNBA. <laughs> women's basketball bubble and in the grand scheme of it you really start to sit back and realize oh my gosh this is a daunting task we have so much more to do right. and like when I wanted to ask you in, in the women hoop two movement um, is this something that you are targeting with players mothers players families directly everybody kind of speak to well, me on I that would a love little bit first to get the mothers involved and um, would like to you know have a meeting or a Skype or uh, you know, from Chicago. That's why I want us to have a meeting when I get back. I would love to first get uh, their input and and see how far they would like to go and, and see if they want to be involved in what we're trying. Because there's only got mothers speaks volumes. I mean, parents uh, don't realize how much power we can have, uh, but it needs to be um, people who are interested. It also needs to be uh, initiatives. Now, uh, you heard me mention that we need to crack some of these m- markets. We need to galvanize some of those people that we glean as leaders in those areas and ha- and sit down and talk with them and tell them what we're trying to do. And it's going to be uh, re-education, if you will, uh, for them to understand the plight and what's going on. So there are several pockets of people that we need to get rolling on this from a grassroots level. We need Listen, I, I love the campaign the NBA saying they like to lean in. I want them to lean in on this because if they if, if they want to lean in, lean in with some pocketbook. Okay, lean in and and partner with the WNBA. Uh, the one thing that I love about uh, Kobe Bryant and his, he's been very vocal about supporting, uh, especially Jewel uh, as a mentor. Okay. Uh, there are other players out there that have communications with a lot of the WNBA players. So we need them to lean in vocally and say that, hey, get get in the seats. We need them to come to some of the games. It, we need them to be a little more visible. There needs to be a player partnership in this thing because they do have great influence. So if there is any leaning in, we want them to lean in there. The other thing is we need to have, again, going back to grassroots, we need uh, other people who are very vocal, who are very visible, and who have influence to attach themselves to this campaign. But most importantly, we need the players to be involved, to get on the women hoops too. Uh, Because what we're trying to do on the Twitter account is not to necessarily talk about uh, how many points a player has done, we want to talk about them as individuals. And we have been posting things about, for instance, Candace Parker and her relationship with her daughter. We've talked about Maya Moore and her effort with social justice. We'll be talking about Jewel and her effort with this uh, showcase prospect uh, camp that she's, she's got going. We're going to talk about other young ladies who are doing things and they, because the fan needs to connect with them as a being a human, 
And once they do that, there is a great appreciation of a person the more you know about them. And then it especially has to happen with us being women because the world eyeballs are different on us. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it is what it is. Stories. They have stories. I know they do have the player page tribune or something, but more of those stories need to be told. They, I mean, I've traveled around the country with a lot of the players and I've heard stories. These women, they have stories. And I think the people need to hear that. When people connect with their players, they, then they have a connection and they really want to come and attend the game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, something that, that has always struck me and rubbed me in the wrong way is, and I don't want anybody to take this in the wrong light, MB, junior NBA. Now, the WNBA yes. is extremely <laughs> involved in that. But every time you see a commercial, okay, and I don't know how to properly put this in a respectful way to the NBA, but like every time there's a commercial for junior NBA, there's Shanae Gumake, there's, you know, Candace Parker, uh-huh. there's, you know, all these WNBA players who are wearing the NBA logo with the NBA insignia on it. And to me, I'm like, look, if you're not going to lean in with your pocketbooks, Thank you, you don't get to cash out on the hard work in the community right. that these women are doing. Uh-huh. There's not a huge, you know, People haven't been talking about the fact that Sylvia Fowles donated her whole salary or yes. her whole winnings from the MVP award yes. back to the community. The only story, I, I only saw one story all last year about Tina Charles, who donated seven years yes. of her salary to get uh, defibrillators to at-risk areas that couldn't afford it. And, Thank and you. Look, in The Insider, we have always prided ourselves in being honest and critical and trying to cover the league as athletes because we felt that there was maybe one story coming out about the W Uh and typically they would try and talk about how nice of people they are. And to me, it's both sides. You need to cover both. They are amazing athletes. They are doing ridiculously mind blowing things on the court, but with a second, they step off the court. They are amazing people that no other professional sports league, especially if you want to call it the big four, the NBA, the MLB, all that crap, they don't do the things off the court. They are not good people Definitely. like the WNBA I agree. is. I agree I with agree. you 100%. Definitely. I agree with All you. Right, well, well, I thought one of you was going to... No. <laughs> 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 you know, I agree with you. I, I love yes. that. Yes, I totally agree. Ladies, this is just so... Um, I'm am just so thankful to have this time to kind of talk about the, these very important topics, and we obviously th- these are things that are ve- being very vocalized nonstop from the women themselves, from members of the media, from fans. These things are being talked about, and we need to continue to raise awareness. We need to continue to bring these questions up, like you said, from top to bottom. Why aren't we pulling in more male fans? Why, why can't they get paid more? Uh-huh. Why can't we get more people in the stands? Why, how can we generate more awareness? One thing you guys have been doing is you've been going to these games, specifically Chicago and Seattle, and you're bringing uh-huh. um, Is that something you guys do at, at every game you, you attend? We're trying to get it in every city. Gwen has been handling uh, Seattle. We have relatives in uh, Dallas who have been doing it. We have some people in Atlanta who are doing it. And, of course, in Chicago, I'm flagging every time. I'm fortunate to be a season ticket holder for the sky, so I have front row. I'm making sure that I have the signs there. And guess what? This This is what warms my heart. I sit on the opposite side, um, so when the, when the players come in to to, prep, to, to do their uh, shoot around, 
before the game starts. When they come out and they see those signs, their yeah. eyes light up. Yeah, they, do. they just light up and they give me thumbs up. I've been getting yes. hugs yes. from the sideline because they say, thank you so much for your support. And we say, okay, we're trying to move this thing. Yes. So yeah, that, yes. that is something we're trying Which to get signs fun. up. We Which want is why signs I need up. the other moms to contact me in the other areas so we can get those signs up as well. <laughs> um, but if I'm attending games in the different states, I would totally have my sign as well. Oh, that, that's great to hear. I do have a question for you, Gwen. Yeah. Uh, when, when you guys kind of came up with this this idea, what was uh, what was your daughter's reaction? What was Jules' reaction to this? Jules very quiet. She, In fact, we haven't had a lot of time to talk and tell her. I, she does know what we're doing uh, in terms of our objective and pretty much that. But we haven't had a chance to talk. Uh, she's been in and she's been traveling. She's been out of town. But I'm I'm sure she's very, she's supported. Anything that's good, she's supportive. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to benefit everyone. I'm sure she's supportive of it. You know, you 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 both talked about Jules' work in a, a camp in, in South Carolina, but I believe she also had, uh, she sponsored a showcase for young women in Chicago. Could yeah. you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, in fact, I'm working on that now as we speak. I'm putting, to <laughs> I'm putting together the corporate sponsorship packet for that because we're asking corporate sponsors to come in over a five-year period at our top sponsor to come in at $250,000 for, that's just $50,000 each year. But what's happening there is working with Daniel Bondman, uh, Bondman who start from years ago had the, um, uh, uh, I think it was called Swag Air Showcase, where he would bring in uh, juniors and seniors who not necessarily going to get the eye of all of the coaches uh, from the from the top uh, schools, the Division One or two schools, but those who may have good talent, and he wanted to get them an opportunity not just to be seen by a coach, but also to get a scholarship to go to school because many of them come from poor uh, families and. Um, the, the, a lot of them won't get a chance to go to college unless they get scholarships. So uh, last year, Evan Turner uh, asked um, uh, Jewel to partner with him, and they partnered together on the showcase. They had about 400 um, juniors and seniors um, to come together, and we had about, I guess, about 50 to 60 coaches. By the end of the two-day uh, session, I think maybe 50 scholarships were given out. Um, this year, we're, we're going to be doing the same thing. We're trying to broad base it, though. Uh, and so they're, again, in, inviting in. The other part that they've expanded on this is they're proposing to get into Chicago public schools, about five of them, eighth grade level, so they can have a tutoring uh, program and a mentoring program for both girls and boys so that they can talk about the academic piece and the real life piece for them so it can sustain them so that it's not all about ball, it's about being a person. And so they're broaching that piece of it this year and we're hoping to get it sponsored by some corporation. And make sure uh, it is also free. She doesn't charge. They're not charging. She doesn't charge, no. right. And, 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 and I was going to bring that up. You know, our, our managing editor of our site, Maurice Brooks, has uh, a son and two daughters. And he was telling me how his son, he's never paid a dime mm -hmm. for any AAU anything. They're, they're, young, they're young kids right now. But he said for his daughters, 
the amount of money that mm-hmm. it takes to put them through Tell the me, right. been through is, it. is, is tenfold <laughs> more, more and then the payout at the end isn't even higher. Yes, right. What's up with that? Yes, I've been <laughs> through it. My husband and I had an account each summer just for AAU. Not, not to mention the hotels you're spending when you're traveling with your kids, your food, the hotel, the traveling, the flights. It's very expensive. <laughs> well, again, it's that disparity. It's across the board. I mean, I mean, it, if you see it at that level, you know, huh, what can you expect on the top level? But the bottom line is you have disparity there. And that has to cease and desist. That has to cease uh, and desist. I mean, what, what, what do you think the next step is? That What can we do at The Insider to help, to help you ladies in your cause? Because I, 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 obviously you can tell because we had you on and we're obsessed with you. Um, but we, we want to help. What can we, what can we do? I, I, I sit in press row, so I can't carry a sign, but I know a season ticket holder here in DC who's going to start carrying a sign after we get off this. I hope so. Well, one of the things that, uh, we're working on visibility of the players, the human side of the players need to be told, uh, keeping players out there, uh, where you're interviewing them, talking about the things that they're doing in the community. That's one of them. The second thing is to encourage people to buy tickets to get to the game. Uh, I think having that visibility and encouraging them to buy the tickets, take a risk. On the on the hoop, uh, women hoop too, I, I said to some of the people, you, summertime, take your daughter, take your son. If you want to spend some quality time with them, take them to a WNBA game. They will never forget it, and they won't forget the time that they spent with you. That kind of thing needs to be you know, sounded all over the country. People need to, to, to get out and get to these games because that is the only way we're going to be able to justify and generate the kind of the dollars that's going to justify or quantify these ladies being paid commensurate for the work that they do. And with increased salaries, then my daughter can have an option of whether or not she wants to go overseas or not. <laughs> that's my concern as a parent. <laughs> Yeah, and, and talking about that a little bit, you know, these women are going over there, and, and a lot of the average fan does not understand this. No, Their salary not. in the WNBA is minuscule compared <laughs> to the money that they're going over and playing in places like Istanbul and, and, and yes. in Russia, places yes. where are, they're not the greatest. No. Um, they're, not, they're not destinations by no. any stretch of the no. imagination. No. Right, and I've been, I've where been the there. Big, <laughs> Yeah, where, where the big money is, yeah. that's where they have to go to do that, yeah. you know, for, for eight, yeah. nine months out of the year. Um, yes. How many of those women would, you know, say they even made a quarter of what the men made, yeah. for mm-hmm. instance? Now that, that's going to that's gonna be high. Where I know I'm being really bold with that. How many of those women do you think would still go over there? I'm telling you, if they made at least 300000 then my, my daughter can stay home. She'll, she's not missing the holidays. She's not missing, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving dinner, you know, quality time, and even trying to do some humanitarian work. But to be over the nine months, that's a lonely world. I, I was in Istanbul with her. After a month, I'm literally almost crying, ready to get back to America. So you can imagine being there for nine months. That's a lonely world. It is a lonely world, and it goes. It speaks to life-work balance. Right. It speaks to life-work balance. These women are going 
uh, over to a foreign country. Uh, you know, they want to make the, the fact here's, I got to give them kudos, their attitude towards women in basketball. They will come out to watch them play. Yes, it's much different. Oh, yes. It's much yes. different than they here. support them. I'm telling you, uh, I've gone to with Jewel to South Korea and to Instable and the, uh, the places are packed. They support them. The audience much more. I mean, everybody's there the, mostly that I've gone to. The games are packed. Well, well, they do, but for the girls who, the wear and tear on their bodies, you know, I was reading where Gumake, who's now gone into a plant diet, which I copied from her, uh, the, plant, <laughs> the plant diet because she wants to get her body, you know, get that wear and tear off her body. It, it wears them out. Girls who may want to have children, have a life. You see what I'm saying? They, In order to balance that life, they have to, you know, go and make money and come back over here. So it's that type of thing. I would like for it to be just by choice, like it is for NBA players, that you go overseas. Well, and not everybody has parents or family members that are in a position that they can go overseas with them. Exactly. Like yes, that's which so is true. so much harder for these yes. other players. And like you touched on, Monte, Monty, they, you know, the wear and tear. So not only are they getting paid significantly less, mm -hmm. but these women, yes, they are highly educated. They are getting education, but the career path that they're choosing is for so much of the love of this because because they're playing overseas, their lifespan in the W yes. is so much shorter because of the, the beating on their body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like banging my head against the wall, yelling at people that you got to give them more respect and more money. Yes. I agree with that 100%. And that is why we know, because the thing that what we're going to hear every time, and you hear it from those, well, they're not bringing, the people don't come to the games. Okay, well, I still will stand on my ground to say that there needs to be better advertising dollars spent, mm -hmm. better marketing dollars structured. And uh, I, I do know the digital marketing needs to be heavied up because of the fact that the, the market that we're trying to penetrate and this casual fan that they talked about that they're trying to get for in for the NBA, we want to get the casual fan for our WNBA as well. And they discovered, oh, we're going to go to digital marketing now. Uh, aha moment. Yeah. But we need to do the same thing for the WNBA. We have to do and the who same. Came up, who, who came up with Twitter games? Sure, Lord. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. You got to wow. bring it up to 21st century thinking. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Gwen and Monty, you guys, your energy, everything you guys are about, it just speaks into the hearts of so many of us who, who love the WBA and women's basketball in general. I just want to thank you guys so much sure. for coming on here and spending some time with us and just kind of explaining. Thank you so uh, much. Worth explaining to us the Women Hoop 2 movement, the things you guys are doing in the stands at these games, what you're trying to accomplish, because as direct family members to you know, one, one of the best athletes in the league. Um, it, it's great to hear your voice. It's great to hear, you know, what, what you guys are about, what you're trying to push, and we just appreciate it. Thank you so much. Honestly, thank you guys. This has been the WNBA Insider Show with two of the best guests we've ever had, Gwendolyn Lloyd and Monty. I don't want to mess up your last name, but we love you so much. Thank you. <laughs>